and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's uh, commit this time in prayer once again. Lord, we're grateful that your word says, in your presence is fullness of joy, and you do inhabit our praises. Uh, as the psalmist said, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Thank you, God, that we can continue to be renewed, Father, uh, by your word, by your, by your presence, by your spirit. So be with us today as we listen to your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, for this morning, we have an opportunity uh, to share with you a message that um, God has put in our hearts, um, particularly for this season. I know we work with themes, but uh, this particular time, uh, our, our pastors gave us uh, the freedom to choose what we would be sharing with you. And I'm saying that because uh, this message that I'm going to be sharing with you, I first received it uh, as in my own study time and reflection probably late last year. And uh, as I reflected on it, I actually had a chance to share it in a number of settings, in prayer meetings, in some leaders' meetings. But I feel like, and as you'll see this, it is still as timely as it was then as it is today. And so with that, I want to speak from, I want to share with you from Psalm 126, and I call it uh, Psalm 126, God's promise of restoration. Let me read verse 1 to up to verse 6, the entire psalm. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will, shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing sheaves with him. Now, as uh, we see, there's a significant portion of Scripture, which are the Psalms. And these are composed songs, if you will. We don't know the tune, but these are compositions of priests and various people from the Bible, including David and even Solomon, who were expressing their, uh, their heart towards God, uh, through song and through poetry, if you will. Now, again, the, the Bible is rich in different kinds of literature, but one thing I've learned about the Psalms, which you have probably heard me say before, uh, the beauty about Psalms, because it talks about the various experiences that God's people go through in the course of their lives, uh, both biblically and even for us. And uh, you'll notice that in life, we have our times where we're in a good place or sometimes we're in testing, sometimes we're in conflict, sometimes we're in danger, but yet all this time the Lord uh, shows His faithfulness to us. And so uh, Psalms many times were born out of, were composed out of encounters with God, out of experiences with God. And so, as I've said in times past, the beauty of uh, reflecting on the Psalms is it gives us a a means to express a conversational or dialogical relationship with God. We can use these psalms as our vocabulary, if you will, to have our uh, to express what we're going through with God. And so here, this particular psalm, it, we see it's an interesting psalm 
because it talks about thanking God for the restoration that had taken place in their lives and also petitioning God for continuing restoration. So what was the context here? It's not particularly clear. And so we've looked at the commentaries to see uh, where most likely this would be. So there's no certainty that this is the situation. But if you reflect upon the prayer of the psalmist, it's most likely a psalm that was composed when the exiles of Jerusalem, remember Jerusalem was destroyed around 586 BC. Actually, they were already under siege for about uh, many years before that. Uh, and now Jerusalem was destroyed. And so for almost 70 years, as Jeremiah prophesied, they were going to be uh, in exile outside of Jerusalem, outside of their city and nation. But yet God was going to bring them back. And so the, the, it seems more likely that the context of this was, number one, it was a, a time of rejoicing and, uh, and, um, and being grateful to God for the fact that that remnant now, the exiles were beginning to return to Jerusalem. And you can see that uh, in the post-exilic uh, prophetic books, whether it's Haggai, whether it's uh, um, not Zechariah, but uh, other books. But my point is... Uh, the way they were, the psalmist was describing it, when the Lord restored our fortunes, we were like those who dreamed. In other words, it seems surreal to them that they were going back. Why? In the first place, when Jerusalem was destroyed, it was, it was such a trauma to the Jewish people. They, they could not imagine that the city of God was going to be destroyed. Because, why? And particularly the temple. Because why? The temple was God's dwelling place. If God's house is destroyed, it's so in, in effect, it's like God's been... Uh, destroyed as well or displaced. And now we know that's farthest from the truth. I, I remember uh, during the pandemic, and we started Every Nation Seminary in Dubai at that time. And while we were there, the, the, the nation became red. I mean, this, the, yeah, UAE became red. And so our commercial flights back home were canceled and there was no certainty as when we could return. And so this dread came upon me. It's like, oh no, I won't be able to go back to be with my family. Now, fortunately, uh, by a set of providential circumstances, our flight was, our, our, the commercial flight was canceled, but there was a repatriation flight for, for country, our countrymen who were there. And so we were able to, but besides that, meron paring 14 days quarantine. And that's another story. But my point is, in, in, a, micro, in, a, in, a, in a small way, I experienced the, I, the, the dread and the, the, the thrill of being able to go back uh, to my own home country. And so um, that's what the psalmist was expressing here. It's like a dream come true. However, you have to understand when the Israelites brought back, were, went back, they were not the same free nation. They were already under the occupation, not just of the Babylonians, but the Medo-Persians and eventually the Greeks and the Roman Empire. So for the next 400 years, uh, the Israelites was going to be occupied territory. Sounds similar to our own history, isn't it? And so the point is here, the psalmist not only thank God for the restoration, but he was asking God, restore our fortunes, O Lord. And that's what I want to dwell with, this petition for restoration. Uh, when, when God bring, when, when you go through, uh, let's reflect upon the last few years of this uh, lockdowns and this pandemic and this world global crisis. In many ways, people's fortunes have been shattered, isn't it? Now we have to qualify what fortunes are. And here we're going to understand fortunes obviously have, perhaps mean wealth, perhaps means, uh, you know, whatever it was that you were looking for, uh, you know, for success and any endeavor that you wanted, family wealth and health and whatever your dreams are and aspirations, that's consistent with the Word of God. 
And so when the, he was saying, Lord, restore our fortunes, what was the, the implication of the psalmist? You, if you look at the, if you reflect upon this text, in most, uh, m- most likely that fortune had to do with returning to Israel, the promised land. Um, I like the uh, perspective of uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Sandra Richter of the author of the book, uh, The Epic of Eden. She said, if you look at the covenant that God made with humans, you know, he made with Adam, then he made uh, with, with Noah, then with Abraham. God is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. You'll notice there are six different covenants in the Bible. I already said it. Adam, uh, with Noah, with Abraham, with Moses, with David, and finally with, in Christ. And you'll notice whenever God re, uh, relates with people, He relates on the basis of covenant. And there are three fundamental dimensions of that, that, the facets of that covenant. Number one is a, a people, a community. Number two is a place, meaning a geographical location. And then finally, number three is the presence, meaning God with the people. And so without, we don't have the time to reflect on that. But I believe the implication of restoring our fortunes means going back to the promised land because they had been exiled. And we know that God told that to Abraham. And this land is going to have a part to play in Israel. But for us in the new covenant, the application is even broader than simply one geographical location. Now, I know there's a lot of conflict going on in that particular part of the world, but uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Actually, your, 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 your place is wherever God has put you sovereignly. And guess what? That includes the whole earth because the whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness are off. So you're, the, the key to restoring your fortune is going back to God's intended purpose for your life, not just in the community He's called you, but the placement that He has you, and then the assurance of God's presence. So notice here that there are three, uh, we can see three uh, manifestations of God's restoring work. Uh, let, let, let me reframe it. Um, three ways that God will restore our fortunes as we pray. It's a, it's a petition. He said, restore our fortunes, O Lord. And so let me give you three quick things. And if, uh, I, I trust this is just seed because, it, you know, when I shared this, I, sh- I shared it at a lengthier time. But I'm trusting that this morning that your faith will be stirred up to see God's, your fortunes in God restored. Number one, uh, He will restore our fortunes dramatically or suddenly. He says, restore our fortunes like streams in the Negev. The Negev is a dry part of Israel. It's south of Jerusalem. It's like, a, it's like a, almost a desert area. And it hardly gets any precipitation. There's hardly any rain. You know, it, it, we can't identify with that. Parayang ulan dito sa Pilipinas. Pero sa kanila mga kapatid, pag bihirang-bihirang umulan, kaya lang pag umulan, it is so dramatic. Why? Because from a desert area, number it just suddenly becomes like a garden. I, I mean, there's places like that, even in the desert places. I'm sure in Africa or even in Americas, uh, they're saying once the rains come, uh, it's like you have an instant garden because of the, you know, the, the, the water is so, just seeps in. But also because sometimes the rain comes in torrents, the, the ground doesn't have enough time to seep. Uh, to absorb the water. And so it ca- actually, it can become like a sudden gush, uh, a river that can become dangerous to people. Pag naabutan pag na and I think that flash floods happen here, even in our country, yung mga riverbeds na dry, di ba? Minsan biglang aahon yung, ay biglang tataas yung tubig. And so it's a dangerous thing. But 
But the point is, it's the dramatic or suddenness of that that brings about new life uh, if, if the, uh, the rain is able, I mean, if the rain is absorbed by the land. So what's my point? When, when the psalmist was praying, Lord, restore our fortunes like streams in the negative, he was asking God, Lord, bring new life to us and also bring it in, in such a way that we know it's really you. I can give you stories after story of God doing that in the lives. Remember, I'm sharing this with you towards the end of 2023. And I've had the benefit of almost a year, I mean, of a year of reflection on, on this. And I can certainly tell you, at least in my life and the ministry God's given me, I've seen something dramatic happen this year that wasn't even in my mind in 2023. So it's a network for the body of Christ that is promoting the transformation of our nation. At least I can share that. Some of you may have heard of that. And so I can look back, wow, Lord, our heart is to see our nation discipled. And you've done something dramatic this year because your heart is to bring us to the fulfillment of your promises for us. Number two, he will turn our weeping into rejoicing. He says, those who sow in tears with reap will songs of rejoicing. Now, uh, let, 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 me, let, me, let me pause because I... There's so much I can share on this. Remember, they were, they were going back to the promised land. It was not the same land. It was the fact that they were there. But they're now a, a, subju a, sub a subjugated people. And they're going back with a lot of pain that they've gone through, isn't it? A lot of trauma. And so uh, they look at the land. They probably have seen the destruction. Uh, you know, I can't help but see some parallels right now with what's happening in the world. You know, let's believe for war to end, but when you go back, it's, your land is devastated. And I think what you can't help but weep about broken dreams, about broken, um, um, shattered dreams, uh, destroyed homes, nothing to go back to. But here's an amazing promise. He says, if you sow in tears, you'll reap with songs of rejoicing. You know, there's a Psalm in 50, uh, Psalm 56. Um, anyway, I, I'm reminded as well of the time when they were rebuilding the temple uh, in the time of uh, Ezra or even Haggai. Uh, it says when the Jewish people saw the temple being rebuilt, they started crying. Some were crying, some were shouting, sh rejoicing. And it's a strange thing. It's like it's two different emotions simultaneously. Why was that? Well, it seemed more likely that the fact that the temple was being rebuilt means that the God was coming back, at least in their interpretation. Or the other one was, how does this temple compare to the grandeur of the temple before? Maybe that's why they were weeping. And so perhaps if you look at your own life, as I said, I've had the benefit of one year to think about this particular psalm. Maybe your dreams have been shattered and you've cried and you've wept and there's a particular psalm here, Psalm 56, verse 8. Uh, this is David, okay? You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Put my tears in your bottle. He's petitioning God and saying, Lord, take note of my tears. You know, it's an, I, I read something interesting in the, in the biblical times, particularly in the, in the Roman times. It apparently became a cultural practice that some people would actually literally 
uh, take bottles to collect their tears. Now, again, that's kind of hard to do, right? I mean, I, I try to put drops on my, uh, my eyes so that I, tears, you know, can, uh, so my eyes can be lubricated. What's, what does that mean? What does it mean to put my tears in your bottle? God not only takes your tears uh, into his remembrance, but your tears are never wasted. Let me say that again. Think about your weeping and your crying in the last year or so and the many things that, that you've gone through in pain and difficult situations. Brothers and sisters, God never wastes your tears. In fact, you know what he said here? I remember I, I shared this, Pastor Edgar Gore told me this. You know, we know in the Bible, you reap what you sow, right? Whatever you plant, you're going to harvest it. But in this case, it doesn't follow. It's only in this situation that what you sow is not what you reap. You sow in tears, you're not going to get tears. You're going to get rejoicing. Brothers and sisters, that's what happens when God restores the fortunes of his people. And finally, number three, he will make your labor fruitful once again. He says here, um, those who go out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing sheaves with him. So you notice it's like a repetition of the previous verse. It's again sowing and then reaping. Here he repeats sowing in tears, but he said along with that sowing in tears is bringing uh, your seed for sowing. Now, what does this mean? Well, remember, when they were back in Israel, Israel is an agricultural society. They will not survive without agriculture. So they have to go back and till the land, sow their seed so that they can uh, eat, basically after they reap the harvest. And this is so important that the application for us, you know, most of us are not in agriculture, although that is going to be very important in the days ahead. Uh, that's another message that I can share with you, the importance uh, you know, go back to the Bible. God says, be fruitful, multiply, rule over the fish of the sea. God's principle of prosperity always starts with agriculture because He gives seed-bearing plants. And so for our nation, we should hindi dapat tayo magutom, mga kapatid, dahil ang dami natin lupain para magtanim. But now, of course, agriculture is the foundation, I believe, for all kinds of other economic activities. So what's my point? The point is, they had seed to sow, but unlike us, uh, we have, um, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I heard many people became plantitos and plantitas, diba? So, which is good. Uh, we never had that. I, uh, anyway, that, that's another story. But uh, you probably brought seed, bought seed, and then tinanimo. Eh, paano ko hindi umusbong? Not much lost, isn't it? Because you're, you know, you can always buy seed, seed, um, seed again. But you know what? Among the Israelites, it was a risk to sow your seed. Why? Because they, it was a precious thing. That's how valuable seeds were. If your seed, if your seed, you sow your seed and it doesn't germinate, you know what's going to happen? Hindi kakakain dun sa darating na panahon. And so when you're sowing your seed, you're taking a risk. You're stepping out in faith, trusting that God will bless the works of your hands as you uh, labor once again for the kingdom. And can I tell you as an application, brothers and sisters, trust God that whatever it was that kept you 
from being, uh, being a person of faith. Nakakatakot mag-invest. Nakakatakot mag, uh, magtanim ulit or to sow your, your talents, your giftings into the work of God. Uh, I mean, we can have application. You know, even this church community we're part of. Do you realize when you're giving of your time and talent, you're sowing your seed. You're sowing your talents. And guess what? God promises you will go back with sheaves for rejoicing. Let me just end. There's much more I can say. But I want us to understand God's promise of restoration has begun. And really, when you think about it, the application is tremendous. When you're back to the place of God, is it a geographical place? Is it in another country? Uh, wherever God has placed you, when you believe for restoring, uh, when you, uh, for His restoring work in your life, He can do it dramatically. He can turn your weeping into rejoicing and He can make your labor fruitful once again. Let's pray as we close. Father, thank you so much for the, the hope uh, that comes from your word. Lord, thank you that this is a season. Lord, uh, yes, they're predicting many more uh, kinds of uh, problems, global problems. But Lord, you are a God of restoration, Father. You're a God who fulfills your promise. Lord, thank you that because we're in covenant with you. Lord, we have a promise of a people, a community we can walk with. We have a promise of placement. That wherever you place us, Lord, we can be fruitful and we can receive provision and we can receive your favor. But above and beyond that, we can experience your presence. So, Lord, let us be renewed once more in this hope, especially as we celebrate the Christmas season and the new year. In Jesus' name, amen. And when I see you face to face, there at the end, in you I will remain my dwelling place you're my dwelling place in you God bless you and your weekend. Uh, continue to walk in the favor of God. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.